You're listening to a podcast from Victory. Let's claim the promises God has for us. Find out how we can grow in faith in week four of Dare to Believe. We are on our fourth installment of Dare to Believe series. Just as a review uh, of what our objective is that even at the end of this series, you know, through studying ordinary men and women in the Old Testament, you know, who exemplified lives of audacious faith, we want ourselves to have the courage also to step out in faith, you know, to overcome the challenges in our lives. Everyone has challenges, right or wrong? All right, we have challenges and that we will also have the boldness to believe God for the impossible. You know, I was given the opportunity as well to preach the first uh, week, you know, in Victory Muntinlupa. And I was just really so excited. Pastor June asked me to uh, do two services there. And so I go, what an opportunity, you know, to, to really share about faith. That even I myself, as we prepare, you know, I, I believe Pastor Ryan as well, as he prepares for the sermon uh, or the preaching, you know, we get ministered to. It's as if that we're saying to ourselves, you know, wala kaming, ano eh, K to, to preach this, but you know, we need to teach this. But at the same time, we believe that the Holy Spirit is also ministering to us. From the beginning of this series, we've been using, you know, uh, these two words, audacious faith. Para sabi ko, this year ko lang yata narinig yung word na audacious. Because for the past year, I know the word delicious. You know, delicious is used to describe food. But audacious is being used as an adjective, you know, to faith. And if we are going to see what audacious means... It's uh, simply showing a willingness to take surprisingly bold risks. In other words, uh, being audacious is being daring, fearless, unafraid, courageous. The definition of faith is having a complete trust or confidence in someone or something. Of course, in this case, in this context, we believe, we put our complete trust and confidence in God and God alone. Faith also means reliance, it means dependence, and it means hopefulness. Seems to be a big statement, right? Yes, it is a very big statement. In fact, Hebrews 11.1, it says here that now faith is the assurance. It is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things that is not seen. If that is what it means, then how would you call this? You know, 2013, when we were still overseeing the singles ministry, we went to Dahilayan in uh, Bukidnon, CDO. You know where that place is? Down south. That's in somewhere in Mindanao. And uh, on the third day, it, it was a fun day for us, a relaxed day. And they asked me to join them to ride the zip line. You know, just, this is just a secret, okay? I have a fear of heights. I really don't. <laughs> Sabiko, please, you just go ahead and ride the zip line. I'm going to take care of your bag. There were two pastors who were with us, uh, Pastor King and Pastor John. And you would see their faces really with all smiles. Nathan was there, you know, beside Pastor John and together with Pastor John and his wife, uh, Miss Joyce. And uh, some more group of people who were giving their okay. Now, they were encouraging me. Sabi nila, kaya mo yan. You know, but I was telling them, I was really so, you can't, you can't force me. You can't force me. We were already at the, you know, at the ticket booth. At that time, you know, not knowing that they were already trying. Iniisahan na nila ako eh. 
Pastor King, you know, he just uh, put his arms around me and then said, Bro, you already have a ticket. If you haven't been to Dahilayan in Bukidnon, there are three lines. You know, one is that is 150 meters. The second one is 350 meters. And the last one is almost a kilometer. You see the trees. A couple of meters from, from, from there, you know, you won't see any trees anymore. <laughs> but anyway, Pastor John was building my faith and then he was encouraging me. And, and you know, I was also trying to pump up myself. Just telling me, Sige, okay, uh, you already bought me that ticket. I am going to ride with you. As we were already being set, you know, I, I couldn't imagine myself if I was looking at the mirror. You know, I, 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 yung in Tagalog, yun, hindi mo mapinta yung ngiti mo eh. You don't know if you're gonna smile or you are going to cry. But anyway, yeah, I survived. I survived the, the zip line that was uh, about a couple of meters, you know, at the end line. But you won't believe this, you know, during that, uh, that flight, that was probably the longest in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. And it became louder. You saw those trees. You saw those trees. When I saw those trees, sabi ko, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. And then when I saw no trees, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, I was really shouting. Pastor John was saying, bro, you can do it, you can do it. Then almost there at the end, you know, I saw more trees. I said, praise God. That's really a sigh of relief. <laughs> sabi ko, Wow. I'm not going to do this again. That is going to be your last time. A smile. And at the end, no, I, I didn't throw up. Talking about faith, you know, just conquering the fear of heights. Audacious faith is not really coupled with the things that we can do or add on to what God has promised to us. You know, that's my human ability just to go through it. But God, you know, He knew that I was really praying the longest in Jesus' name from my life. But this is faith. If we are going to uh, just summarize what we just uh, defined earlier, it is being unafraid and courageous because our dependence and hope is in God and in His Word. Now, many times we will be pushed, we will be led to some situations, not riding a zip line but it into situations where there are so many uncertainties. And we would not really know and understand, Lord, why would you want me to go through this? But if we have that faith in God, just believing and trusting Him, that yes, my hand is with you, my son, my daughter. You know, he will be able to allow us to go through whatever, whatever in our lives. We all hate, we all hate. Really, you know, just going to, Lord, why am I going to do this? Why do I have to talk to this person? You know, why do I have to go through a medical test? Why do I have to, you know, just uh, go through the courts, you know, just to appear and, you know, just give my side and all this and all that? Guess what? Even from, you know, the time that in the story that I am about to read, you know, they were also in the same boat. We've uh, discussed the faith of Jehoshaphat, of Joshua, of Caleb. But today is going to be different because we are going to talk about the audacious faith, not of men, but of women. And I'd like to invite you to stand up as we read Numbers 27, 
verses 1 to 7. Verse 1, it says here, Then drew near the daughters of Zelophehad, the son of Hefer, the son of Gilead, son of Makir, the son of Manasseh, from the clans of Manasseh, the son of Joseph. The names of his daughters were Mala, Noah, Hagla, Milcah, and Tirzah. And they stood before Moses and before Eleazar, the priest, and before the chiefs and all the congregation at the entrance of the tent of meeting, saying, Our father died in the wilderness. He was not among the company of those who gathered themselves together against the Lord in the company of Korah, but died for his own sin. And he had no sons. Verse 4 says, Why should the name of our father be taken away from his clan because he had no son? Give to us a possession among our father's brothers. Verse 5 says, Moses brought the case before the Lord. And the Lord said to Moses, The daughters of Zelophehad are right. You shall give them possession of an inheritance among their father's brothers and transfer the inheritance of their father to them. Lord, we thank you for even at this time giving us another opportunity to learn, to learn about what audacious faith is all about. This group of women, Lord, they are in a unique situation. You know, there are so many things about having faith, you know, faith of a man, faith of a woman, you know, regardless of the gender. Lord, even at this time, you want us to have that impartation, that regardless of who we are, whatever we have, or what, whatever we don't have, that our faith and trust will always be with you. Allow us to have open eyes, open ears, and open heart to hear your word. Minister to each and every one of us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may take your seats. Book of Numbers, the first few years of being a Christian. I don't know why, but for some reason. I don't know if I'm, it's just me or maybe some of you. Sabi ko, Lord, pwede bang, can I just skip the book of Numbers, you know? Do you understand? Have you gone through the book of Numbers? All you see is Numbers. But it's really interesting, and I'm really encouraging you at this time, you know, if you can, probably in the next week, Take time to read the book of Numbers. I'll just uh, put in a short summary of what this is all about. Culturally, at that time, during their time, the men were the ones who will receive the inheritance. It doesn't really lessen the value of women. You know, they are, men and women are of equal standing. They're the same, you know. God created us in equal standing. But it is always that the references to genealogies were to the men. Now you understand that. In Numbers 26, God commanded to make account of the men, of the fighting men, in their clans that the distribution of their inheritances may be determined. Do you understand? Okay, are you still getting this? Alright. A bigger clan gets a bigger portion now, a smaller clan gets a smaller portion. A map of the land of Canaan, the promised land to the children of Israel. And this is how it is supposed to be divided. We read earlier that the family line of these daughters are from the clan of Manasseh. And see how big their family is. siguro, oh wow, teka muna. We're part of that family. That's a bigger lot. No, no, no. They're distributing the lots equally, according to that number, according to their number. 
as we were reading that particular story as well, this is also the time that the Israelites have not yet entered the promised land. 40 years in wilderness, diba? It was supposed to be just a few years, just a few, uh, just a short period of time. But uh, apparently, just like us, because of hard-headedness, because of a lot of questions, because we whine a lot, because we, you know, we complain a lot, it took them, you know, 40 years going around the wilderness. There was a long wait. As I've said, in the long wait, just like us, we don't like waiting. We start to grumble. We start to whine. We start to complain. People were already wondering when this is going to come to pass. Sabi nila, antagal naman. Do we know how to hang on to a promise? And I hope that, you know, I, I will be able to convey this to you clearly so that we may understand the story. The daughters somehow knew that there was a promise mentioned before. Okay? They could have heard it when their father and probably their grandfathers were still alive. At this time also of the story, the father of these five daughters was already dead. We can uh, take a look at what it says in Exodus 3, verses 7 to 8, where the Lord God said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I have heard them crying out because of their slave drivers. And I am concerned about this, their suffering. This was God speaking to Moses. And then it says there in verse 8, So I have come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of the land into a good and spacious land, referring now to the land of Cana, a land flowing with milk and honey, the home of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, Jebusites, the Termites, and the Pesticides. All the sites that was there. Before they were to go to that land, there were occupants. But that was the land that was promised to them. How does this apply to us? Are we somehow at this time enslaved in our situations where we have heard a promise before, but we seem not to, you know, just wait patiently on the Lord? Have we asked guidance from the Lord? Have we inquired of Him? Do we pray? Have we sought Him? You know, have we stopped trusting in ourselves? And have we also stopped focusing on what people can do for us? You know, the tendency, you know, as human beings, I'm not exempting myself, is that every time a situation comes, instead of me coming to the Lord, I come to my wife, I come to my friend, I come to my people, I come to my pastor. That's not audacious faith. In what ways now can audacious faith be displayed. Audacious faith, it can be displayed by, you know, just standing on the promises of God. We stand on God's promises despite the circumstance. I can understand that everyone goes through, you know, tough situations. The daughters were standing on God's promises. The reason why they knew that they won't be rejected. They heard it from the past. They knew that there was a promise that God mentioned to Noah. And these were probably the discussions. 
of their lolos, the grandfathers. Numbers 27, 2-4, it says here, And they stood before Moses and before Eleazar, the priest, and before the chiefs of all the congregation at the entrance of the tent of the meeting. And then they were saying, Our father died in the wilderness. He was not among the company of those who gathered themselves together against the Lord in the company of Korah. In other words, Korah, he, he started out, a, a, it's like a revolution, you know, it's like a rebellion. He did something. Tumiwalag siya kila Moses. Okay? But the father, he died for his own sin and he had no sons. Let's look at this. They stood before Moses and Eleazar. Probably people were also saying, that, Hey, hey, don't you realize what you are doing? You're women. And you are standing in front of your leaders. You're not supposed to be there. You know, these women, they were bold. They were bold in approaching the leaders. Women at that time, they had no voice. Iksabi hindi yung ganito. Pero, ukamusasalitain, parang ganon. Wala kang karapatan. Only the men will do it. You know, it was a risk for them to do that. The worst thing that could happen to them was Moses may send them away. You know, but the daughters have a point. They have a point there. As they stood before Moses and before Eleazar, they said, you know, our father died in the wilderness. They knew what the conditions are. If their father, Zelophehad, was part of the rebellion, then most likely they won't have a claim. They won't have an inheritance. Their father was not. He died on his personal sins. And so therefore, he is not, the family is not disqualified for inheritance. The point of contention here is that their father had no sons to inherit. It was just the five of them daughters. Tayo ba? Are we interested in what God has to tell us? You know, do we know what God has to tell us? How would we know where to find these promises? You know, it's not found in our pockets. It's not found in our rooms. Do we have a Bible? There we go again. Do we have a Bible? Are we reading it? You know, are we confessing it? Are we part of a victory group? The most dreaded term that you don't want to hear. Victory groups. Victory groups. People who can help us. People who can pray with us. People who can pray for us. Are we accountable to someone? In verse 4, Why should the name of our father be taken away from his clan? Because he had no son. And then they were not demanding as they said the next line. What they said was, Give to us a possession among our father's brothers. Let me just repeat that again. Their father's name shouldn't be taken out of the list. And thus, they should be receiving an inheritance. The daughters knew that there was a provision. There was a provision. Hindi ka makakalusot. Hindi naman yung sinabi yan. But hindi makakaano. There is a provision. What is that provision? The provision is the promise of God. God made the promise that these people, these families, you know, they will be inheriting a part of the land. There is a promise. There is a provision. Maybe close to 10 years ago, I don't know, I can't remember, 8 years ago, one of our children was in first year college. 
And uh, apparently, at that specific time, he was delayed one week for his uh, enrollment. Somehow, you know, we saw his faith. You know, he was not shaken. He was not, hindi siya rattle or whatever, you know. So we, we just told him, uh, son, um, we'll be delayed a bit in your enrollment. You know, having said that, you know, there's no assurance of whether you will be enrolled or what. But he was just there. And then he said, you know, I, I, I believe that the Lord will, you know, uh, just provide for us. He will provide for us. Many nights prayer, many nights of, you know, just seeking God. You made a promise to him. You brought him in that school. And then therefore, you will also take care of his, or in fact, two of them, you know, their tuition fee. Miracle happened. One week later, provision came. We were ready for the payment. We were hanging on to that promise that God has placed him there, that God will bless him. We were delayed one week, but provision came, and we went to the school. We were talking to the clerk, and we said, we are here, we have the money, we are going to enroll him. And then the lady said, sorry, sir, but enrollment is closed. But it was clear to us that, you know, you have the money, God told us, you have money, go to the school, enroll him. We repeated what we said. Miss, we have the money, we want to enroll our son. And then she repeated also politely, <laughs> enrollment is closed. We told her, let me talk to your supervisor. And probably she was you know, puzzled. Why do you want to talk to my supervisor? Just let us go to his supervisor. We asked the same, can we enroll our son? The supervisor tells us the enrollment is closed. Twice we asked. And then after we, you know, we, we didn't get a good response from the supervisor, we told the supervisor, can we talk to your manager? We went to the manager. We asked the same question twice. The same response. The enrollment is closed. We have already, you know, um, turned down some other requests of other parents. We did not allow them. And how come we will allow you? Okay, then, please allow us to talk to your vice president. <laughs> and then they led us to the... This is a true story. I'm not making this up. And we sat down inside the vice president's office. We first gave her a big smile and then told her our case. Ma'am, we have the provision, and we want to enroll our son. As if their responses were recorded, we heard the same. <laughs> our enrollment is closed. She was on the computer, just typing, I don't, uh, we do not know. And then we, we told her, uh, you know, we didn't make up stories, but we told her, you know, our son is uh, part of the dean's list, and we can assure you, that if you will allow us, that he will continue on to make good in school. Long story short, we were just uh, exchanging. You know, it, it was not really a struggle for us. But while I was probably speaking, my wife would be praying in her mind. While she was, had the time to speak to the VP, it was me who was praying in my mind. I was smiling at her. I said, ka kay Lord. <laughs> nee, nee, nee. For some reason... We heard another answer. And then she said, I don't know why I'm doing this. I'm opening up the system. I'm allowing your son to enroll. Please 
do not tell the others. No, ma'am, because we know that the enrollment is closed. After us, they've declined. We've been declined four times. And in your situations, you may be declined a couple of times. But we all know that we are hanging on to a promise. God gives us a promise and He will not take that back. He will not take that away. Proverbs 10, verse 22. It tells us that the blessing of the Lord, it brings wealth. And He adds no trouble to it. Every time the Lord blesses us, He adds no trouble to it. And how come, you know, even if it seems not to be a good situation, Lord, we already have the provision. And how come they are not allowing us? The Lord will not allow trouble to come. Even if it is really a difficult situation. God will provide for each and every one of us. You know, will we be shaken? Is that the question? Will we be shaken? Or do we go ahead to confess God's promises, to speak it to our situations. That's the reason why we have been pounding, we've been telling everyone, bring your Bible, read your Bible, confess it, read it, meditate it, face with the same situation, knowing that we have a promise to stand on. We didn't even have second thoughts at the time. Sometimes our situations will not make sense, but surely God will enable us to have that audacious faith. In Psalm 112, 1 and 2, it says here, Praise the Lord. It starts off with praising the Lord. Blessed is the man who fears the Lord, who greatly, greatly delights in His commands. His offspring will be mighty in the land. The generation of the upright will be blessed. Do you realize that even as a parent, you know, at this time, there are no magical things that we need to do. No more whatever's that we need to do. All we have to do is just to fear the Lord and just to greatly delight in His commands. We do not only think about us. We don't, do not only think about our generation. But we think generationally. The Lord wants to bless the generations that will be coming after us. That is really how to stand on God's promise. In that same Psalm, uh, Psalm 112, in, in, in verses 7 and 8, it says here that He is not afraid of bad news. Every day, every day, there will be opportunities of receiving bad news. But those who fear the Lord, who greatly delights in His commands, in verse 7, it says, He is not afraid of bad news. Our heart is firm. In another translation, it says that our heart is steadfast, trusting in the Lord. His heart is steady. He will not be afraid until he looks in triumph of his adversaries. We can always declare victory when we know that God and His Word is above all. Our situations, it is just a small dust. Just a small dust compared to our big, great God and to His big promises. Come on, let's give God praise for that. Secondly, the second way that we can display audacious faith is by claiming it. You stand on it, you know, meditate, declare, you know, just keep on confessing it, now you claim it. Audacious faith, it claims God's promises. Numbers 27, 5-7 tells us here that Moses brought their case before the Lord. You know, after that, the, these daughters, 
they came to Moses and Eleazar now. He didn't say, na, oh, okay, just wait. I'll give you an answer. No, he brought the case to the Lord. And the Lord said to Moses, the daughters of Zelophehad are right. You shall give them possession of an inheritance among their father's brothers and transfer the inheritance to their father to them. You know, when God said that the daughters are right, it means that, yes, these women know that what they are talking about. Why were the daughters very certain? Yung pagtayo ba, when we come before men and then we tell them something, we're hanging on to the word, do we even show some, uh, you know, I'm not quite sure, I think I read this from the Bible, you know, someone told me about this particular scripture, this promise. We should be very certain, we should be very bold. Like these five women. You know, did God make a mistake? Does He even make mistake? Did He adjust His commands because He only wanted to keep His integrity? God does, does not need to prove anything to us. God did this because simply He is a loving Father. It was not a mistake on His part that there was a provision. You know what? If there are no sons, who will get the inheritance? God told these women, you know, you are right. You are right. But every time that we come bold, it doesn't also mean that we can, you know, sometimes just twist the arm of the Lord. Yung parang masabi lang. You do things. We do things. Pag dumadating na yung prayer and fasting, Lord, you know, all I, I didn't eat anything. In fact, I didn't drink anything. Now, answer me. We cannot twist the arm of the Lord. What we just need to do, delight is in commands. Know Him. Meditate His Word. The Lord delights in those who fear Him, who put their trust in His unfailing love. That's what it says in Psalm 147. The Lord takes delight to His children. Even as an earthly parent, an earthly father, you know, He takes delight to His children. Be right before the service, one couple whom I, you know, I wed 2009 brought, uh, they brought their, their daughter, no daughter yun. It was really beautiful, beautiful child. The parents really take delight in their children. I saw also uh, one of our inaanaks, yung, I also officiated their wedding. Handsome child. Sabi, kamukha daw ng tatay. We will not contest that anymore. Bahala na kayo mag-usap mag-asawa. But parents do take delight you know, in their children. And how much more God, you know, He takes delight in us. If there is one thing that we can describe this generation, you know, the daughters of Zelophehad, it is their knowledge of God. You know, the people who were surrounding them, despite the trouble that they were in, 40 years in the wilderness, you know, they never stop. They never stop. Probably, you know, just they never stop discussing, you know, who God is. Deuteronomy 6 also commands us, you know, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. These things are to be upon our hearts. We are to teach them to our children. Every given opportunity that we have with our children, whether you wake up, you lie down, you know, you eat, you walk, you run, whatever that we do, we tell them who God is. How do we train our children? How do we train them? Our children will be growing up to be adults. How do we train them for battle? You know, it's not the kind of battle that we, you know, that we are thinking about. It's not about the violence. But there will be battles that everyone will be facing. Do we teach them the way of the Lord? 
Do we impart the same audacious faith that we have? How do we present our requests to the Lord? In Philippians 4.6, it tells us here, Do not be anxious about anything. But in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. Too much thinking causes us stress. Have you been stressed in the past? Have you been stressed you know, lately? I've always had a normal BP. <laughs> right before Christmas. Gulat ako. 130 over 90. I only have 110, 70, 120, batang-bata. You know, but when you think a lot, stress, it can cause anxiety. It can lead to depression. It can lead, you know, it may end up in a clinical disorder. And we don't want that. But the scripture, it tells us, do not be anxious about anything. Just present our everything with prayer, supplication, and thanksgiving. We have to make a choice. Now, do we claim only what the world offers? Or do we go with what God has to say to us? We cannot stand on God's word and claim it if we do not know it. The daughters, just once again, they remember the promise. And they are now claiming it. Do we have something to claim if we are not aware of it? At the beginning of this year... This uh, gas station, they have a promo for 16 days. Alam nyo ba yon? Okay. Diesel and gasoline prices are really, you know, just more than half na, na discount. Imagine diesel at this time is 20 pesos. But during those 16 days, diesel was about 4, 5, 6 pesos only per liter. It's a marketing strategy. But I asked this guy, a friend, He's from church. Sabi ko, why have you been posting this? Are you the one who's doing the marketing for this? And then he said, yes. Where is the next gasoline station? And then he tells me, I can tell you. <laughs> it's going to jeopardize my job. But there was a promise. Sabi ko, 16 days. 16 days. <laughs> 16 days. I missed the first one what, that was near this, uh, this area. This guy, this friend, he texted me. And then he said, it's now in Alabang. It's already 11 o'clock. Because the promo is between 10 to 11 o'clock only. I can't make it anymore. I was still holding to a promise. You know, I would be able to put in diesel that is less than 10 pesos. Last Monday, our rest day, I woke up at 9. Oh, Praise God, you know, this is rest. You know, Nine o'clock, my daughter text, uh, gives me a text. Dad, the promo is in Sukat. You know, we're in between Alabang and Sukat. The Alabang, we already missed that. You know, without even thinking. Huh? I just went out just to fix my hair first uh, for a while. You know? <laughs> Never mind if I look gusgusin, but the hair is okay. <laughs> went out. I went to Sukat. I was there. I was able to claim it. Sabi ko, there was a promise that I will be able to put in four pesos. Four pesos. 21 liters, 102 pesos. At this time, 2016, you can't put in, you know, half a tank of your, of your car in 102 pesos. There was a promise that I was hanging on. Gasoline. 
Matthew 7, 11, you know, there's also uh, something that Jesus was saying. If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask of Him? Looking at our lives today, are we just so grateful of what God has done, of what He is doing, and then what He is about to do? One key ingredient also to all these things, even while the promise has not yet come to pass, that we live a life being grateful. Lord, salamat. Thank you for waking me up today. Thank you that I was able to eat my breakfast with my wife while doing my preaching. That's true. And this morning, <laughs> I'm do- I was doing my preaching and I was able to have that opportunity to have breakfast with my wife. So thankful for that. A lot of things that we should be thankful for. Psalm 16, 5 to 6. If there is something or if there is someone kumbaga, so desire to be made not part of the inheritance but the inheritance itself, it is the Lord. The Lord is my chosen portion, the psalmist declares. And He is my cup. You hold my lot. The lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Indeed, I have a beautiful inheritance. It's only the Lord. Thank you, Lord. More than anything else in this world, more than the desire of having material things, we make the Lord as our chosen portion and even our cup. And if we do despite any hardship, any frustration, despite having the feeling of almost giving up, we can always declare this. Psalm 27, 13, that we can declare at this time that we will not be the generation that we'll, we'll be only looking from afar. Yes, we so desire na yung the generations that will be coming after us, Lord, yung talagang sobrang blessed sila. Our prayer, in fact, for our children is that they will be a hundred times more blessed than us. But we can declare this. And we can be confident of this. That I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Not really the bad situations that happen. When we focus on them, it blurs our vision of God and His promises. We cannot claim anything. We cannot claim anything that is unclear to us. It will only be made clear. Only again, if we stand on God's promises, declare God's promises, confess God's promises. Second Corinthians 1.20 in the NIV. It says here, For no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. And so through Him, the Amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. You know, just saying Amen every time that we read the Word of God, it is a prayer of praise. Saying thank you, Lord. And this year, this year, what do we dare to believe? What do we dare to believe? Do we also believe that these things are already a yes 
and an amen in Christ? I think so too. Only Bible, only scripture, only God can validate everything. For as long as we stand on God's claim God's word. Simply summarizing everything. Just putting only things together. Audacious faith, again, is just standing and claiming the promise of God. But a promise that we can really stand on and claim is uh, and claim is this. Romans 10, 8 to 10. It says here, but what does it say? The word is near you. In your mouth and in your heart, that is the word of faith that we proclaim. Because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, the promise is you will be saved. We will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. Our goal in this life is not to experience the pleasures of this world. Our goal in this life is not to, you know, get married, have a family, have a lot of children. Not the marriage. Not having a lot of savings in the bank. Not the big houses. Not the cars. But the promise that no one else can give. We hang on to a promise. The gift of eternal life. Salvation for God's people. Salvation for our family. God, we trust. We trust, Lord. Even as we... You know, sometimes, you know, things are blurred. Things are, you know, we, we, we cannot understand Cause us, cause us to have that audacious faith. Even things, even if things are so impossible in the lives of your people, give us this opportunity na, you know, just to experience that it's not really that miracle. But just once again, that when we hang on, when we claim, when we stand on your promise, Lord, you will, you will just make things come to pass. Thank you once again. Would you bless us, O Lord, in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to one of our podcasts. We hope it blesses and inspires you to honor God and make disciples. For more messages like these, or to access other resources, please visit victory.org.ph or download the Victory app for free on the iTunes Store or Google Play. If you would like to share a story of God's faithfulness in your life, please visit victory.org.ph slash mystory.